You are now 20 in to Vibe with Giselle podcast. I'm your host that does the most, Giselle Cartiz, and we are back with yet another episode. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And if you are a new listener, well, welcome to one of the dopest fucking podcasts you will ever experience in your life. Here, this is a judgment-free podcast where we talk about all uncomfortable topics. This is a judgment-free zone and everyone is welcome. So grab your choice of indulgence, sit back, relax, and enjoy the sound of my angelic voice. Don't you fuck with my energy, 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 don't you fuck with my energy. Hey hipsters, it's your host that does the most, Giselle Cartiz, and we are back with yet another episode. So tonight's episode is all about the grieving stage once everything is over and slowly getting things back to normal. I have my homegirl Scarlett here with me today to help me with this episode. Scar, say what's up to the people. Hey y'all, what's up? I'm super glad to be here. I'm super glad to support my girl Giselle. Definitely super appreciative of this opportunity and shit, let's get into it. Yes. And thank you for coming on here and just giving us, you know, a shout out and just showing love. All right. So tonight's episode is going to get heavy, but in a sense, it's not going to be sad because we're not sad bitches. We're happy bitches. Okay. Um, So I wanted to speak on this topic for a while now. And one thing about me that always stuck out with you, Scarlett, is your energy. You always had a light, which inspired me on my healing journey. So friend. Would you be open to sharing your journey of grieving with us? Yeah, so pretty much in 2021, um, I lost my spouse um, due to a pulmonary embolism. And for those of y'all that don't know, it is a blood clot in the lungs. What resulted in that was a um, single car accident. My spouse and at the time, our one-year-old daughter was in a car accident. The car hydroplane flipped three times, hit a tree. And then from there, he was hospitalized. And then from there, all of the surgery led to the blood clot in his lungs. Um, We were married for seven years at the time. October 2nd made eight years for us. But during this whole journey, you know, it was different. It It was a lot of emotions that I had to go through because I met him when I was 18. So at the time that I lost him, I was 26. You got to understand from 18 to 26, this is the only person that I know. You know, he gave me knowledge. He gave me financial stability. You know, he gave me a lot of things that I'll forever be grateful for. So when that happened, it literally shifted my entire life. It shifted my entire lifestyle. And from there, I had to learn how to be a woman on my own and raise two kids on my own. And it wasn't it wasn't the easiest. But I feel like, you know, everything that I went through was pretty necessary at the time because, you know, I learned a lot about myself during that whole process. So in conclusion, I lost him, but I gained a lot of um, self-confidence, a lot of self-worthiness about myself. So, yeah. I love it. I love it. All right. So I share my story. Uh, I had lost two of my aunts while battling uh, stage three colon cancer. I had just had surgery to remove the tumor out of my stomach and I was on chemotherapy. So fast forward to January of 2019, my dad's sister, she uh, had breast cancer. And with my aunt Deborah, she died of congestive heart failure. And those moments, <clears throat> honestly, I didn't know how to process it at the time because I was dealing with my own shit, with my own health. 
I just reflected on like the happy memories. It's that knowledge. It's that wisdom. You reflect on the good times and the bad times. And you make peace with all of that. What motivational pep talk did you tell yourself in those moments? Honestly, I would just remember how my spouse was when we were alive. Like he was never a negative person. He was always a get money type of person, a business minded type of person. So any type of inconvenience, you would have never known because it was like, you know, it's a new day. I got to get to this money. This money got to be made. I got a family to take care of. So aside from my kids keeping me moving, I thought about my spouse a lot. And I was like, I know he wouldn't want me to be down and out like this, but I'm not going to lie. Like I didn't have those moments. You know, there was a time where it was a month or two that go by and I couldn't really cook for my kids. Baby, we was going to eat noodles and we was going to make it work because mommy just couldn't, you know? Right. And so I think most of the time that kept me pushing was in the back of my mind, I would hear my spouse like, babe, just keep it moving. Just keep it pushing, you know? Because I was never introduced to a lifestyle to where my spouse, it was too much for him. And then he just shut down. That was never the case with us. So seeing that and seeing how strong of a man that he was as a woman, you know, with my two kids and know that I have to keep pushing, it only made shit better for me because I'm like, I know my nigga wouldn't want this for me, you know? So yeah, that's what kept me pushing, honestly. It, that shit is hard, especially like losing someone that you're close to. That's hard. But you know what? I totally agree with you. Just it's more so reflecting on the positive memories, you know, saying what lessons did they teach me? But also right. I'm a firm believer of... I'm real spiritual and stuff, so I still feel them. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't understand that, or we all are spiritual beings. I, I, I guess I definitely have those moments of missing them, but I really feel like when it comes to grieving, I never wanted to be those kind of persons to be stuck in that sorrow, especially right. if that wasn't the person's character. And I feel like, you know, a lot of people that are heaven sent, that came into your life for a reason, whether you realize it, while they are alive or whether you realize that when they're gone, they came into your life to teach you a lesson. They came into your life to teach you something. And honestly, I believe I grieved my spouse's departure way before he departed, like maybe mm. five, four or five years before he departed. You know, I grieved that way before then. So when it happened, it was kind of a shock for me, but then it was also kind of like, okay, he left me with all this knowledge and everything, you know, for me to keep going because I feel like the, the best thing anybody can ever give you in life is knowledge. That materialistic stuff, okay, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? You might meet people, okay, that's cool. But at the end of the day, if they don't teach you nothing, what have they really done for you? You know, how do they really benefit you at the end of the day? So if you can Thanks. take something from somebody in your life, make it do what it do, you know? And so, yeah, I, I feel like people come into your life for a reason. And you just got to make it do what it do. You know what I'm saying? Your soul knows good souls, you know. Would it be okay if I ask you a question? I want the hipsters to know what you mean when you say that you mourned your husband's passing years before he left. Yeah. So the years prior to his departure, um, the way that I felt like I had grieved his departure way before then was I would take pictures of him. And in my mind, I don't know if it was like an epiphany or what it was, but in my mind, the, the flash would go off and in my mind it would say this is gonna be the last picture you take of him or we could be doing something as simple as like cooking and in my mind I'm like Spar you need to pay attention because you might not have this you know later on in life and then I will always have this feeling of like death around me 
you know, and I would tell my friends and family, like, I feel like death is around me, you know, but I just never knew what it was. So fast forward to, you know, 2021, when everything happened, it just all kind of made sense, you know? Wow. That's actually deep. How was it telling your kids? I know like you processing it on your own. How was it with you? Like expressing it to your kids? Well, my youngest, well, both of my kids were with me when I got the news. So I had the night before we had FaceTime because he was still in the hospital in Alabama. But my kids had to go to school back in Georgia. So I had came to Alabama for like three or four days and I stayed in the hospital with him. But I still had to work. My kids still had to go, you know, to school. So I had told his parents, I'm like, look, I'll be back this weekend, you know, but the girls got to go back to school. I'll come back. So FaceTime, you know, say I love you, you know, routine stuff that we had been doing. And I get ready to go to bed. And usually I put my phone on silent. But this specific night, something had just said, don't put your phone on silent. So I didn't. And I go to bed and I wake up to a call from the hospital at, at 3.40 in the morning. And the nurse on the other line, she, you know, she asked, was this Scarlett? I'm like, yes, this is she. And then all she says was, there's been a change in Christopher's condition. I need you to come to the hospital as soon as you can. Mind you, I'm in Georgia. They're in Alabama. It's, it's a solid three-hour drive. Mm-hmm. So I asked the nurse, I said, okay, um, it's going to take me about three hours, but um, is he alive? And the nurse, she kind of like stuttered a little bit. She was like, um, um, yes, yes. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, cool. Like he's still alive, but I just knew something in my gut told me not that he wasn't alive. So we're, we're heading to Alabama. And I want to say 15 minutes before I got to the hospital, I get a call from his aunt. She calls me on FaceTime. And by the look in her face, I just knew something wasn't right. Well, she ends up telling me, you know, she just kind of shaking her head like he didn't make it. So my, like I said, my kid's in the backseat. My youngest, she won at the time. My oldest, she's about eight. And when I got the news, all I could say was, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's literally all I could say. And then I couldn't even cry at the time. I was in shock. And I looked in the back to my oldest daughter that was awake. And she was like, what's wrong, mommy? I was like, daddy just passed away. And then she just bust out crying, you know. And then that's how I broke the news to her. And then after that, we get to the hospital we see his, you know, dead body. We hug him, you know, do what we do. But she, it didn't register to her at that time. But yeah, that's that's how that happened. I commend you and your strength, honestly, because <clears throat> death is hard. And yeah, I'm sorry, bitch. I get chuckled. <laughs> okay. uh, I get I'm getting chuckled because like I think like a lot of the times when I do a podcast, I like to talk about it because it's certain things I haven't talked about out loud. Um, yeah. I like to talk about it with people because it helps me better uh, process my emotions and vice versa. Honestly, one thing I learned when it comes to grieving is that everyone mm-hmm. deals with loss differently. So dealing with that, with your kids and yourself, that's your spouse, you know, how was it dealing with other people and the loss of that? You know, say were people supportive? First of all, let me just say this, bitch. <clears throat> Apologize as your friend for that. I thought I wasn't there for you as much as I should have been. And I truly apologize for that. It's okay. You know, like everybody has their own situations going on, you know, in their lifetime. And I can't never fault nobody for, you know, continuing on with their life at whatever situation that they got going on. Because even though I was going through the hardest part of my life, you might have been going through the hardest part of your life, you know? Yeah. So I'm never, I'm never holding that against nobody. But 
far as like how my friends and my and my family have been, you know, they've been super supportive. I I remember maybe like a couple of weeks after the whole situation, all of my homegirls, my close homegirls, it was about five of them plus my sister, they had all came down to be with me. You know, one of my best friends, she does sound healing with the stinking bowls. And we kind of mm-hmm. did that together for the first time. And, you know, they let me cry in the shower. And, you know, my body was so weak, they was holding me up. Like they really was my support system through the whole thing. Cause nobody ever had experienced this. And then if you knew, if you knew my spouse, you would have never known that like, you would have never thought that, like, damn, Chris, not Chris, because he was always doing something. You know what right. I'm saying? And you know him personally. Right, yeah. Like, it, was, it was a shock to everybody, but I had the most support that I've ever had in my entire life, and I'm forever grateful for that. Because I feel like a lot of people don't don't understand that when someone's grieving, they like you were saying earlier, they may grieve differently, but as a friend, you just got to be there for them through that shit no matter what, because they need that. Right, you know, so yeah, but I know this is a podcast about me, but I still want to ask you how. No, 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 no. Ask as many questions you want to. Like, yeah, this is honestly like I like to go with the flow, so like we can just talk freely. Like, yeah, ask you want to ask. Yeah, like how was your friends during the process? Like, did you have support? Did you feel alone? Like, how did you feel during the transitions of of your aunts and stuff? Oh, bitch, you want to get deep? Yeah, let's do. Oh my god, I love it. I love you asking me that question. I don't think no one really have ants ask me that question if i'm being honest so yeah i will say i did have support i remember when my aunt was passing um she had passed october the 11th my aunt deborah and my birthday is october 7th and i remember my best friends amber and brandy they had um they had called my other friends glenn and dante that was you know on the east coast and it was like a birthday celebration because i didn't want to really do nothing on my birthday because it was just a lot going on and yeah, they had to me a surprise uh, party or whatever, and just made me feel special and just to forget, you know, forget about it. Um, also, uh, my mom, my sister, and my cousin Nay, we all became each other's support system. You know, if we both was, if we all was feeling down, like we leaned on each other for moral support, mental support, etc. And it, yeah, I'm grateful. But even. Honestly, even my aunts, my aunt Deborah and my aunt LaRonda, they were still worried about me in those moments of transition. And I just, it makes me feel loved, (laughs) you know, like, God, you're in transitioning and you're in pain, you know, because they were in the hospice, so they were in pain. And you're still thinking about me, you know, and my feelings and how, you know, like it was, it was, it was beautiful. And I think, I'm able to reflect on their passing in a positive way because I laughed with them in those um, transitioning days. I cried, I laughed, and, you know, I felt it. I talked to them, and I enjoyed every last minute with that. You know what I'm saying? So it was more so, it was meaningful. And a lot of people don't get the chance to take the time to say goodbye or take the time to, you know, so I just enjoyed every moment of it. So even though I was going through, like you said, the worst time of my life, you know. So I said all that to say, <laughs> yes, yes, I did have support, even from the ones that I was losing. Well, let me ask you this. Pretty much as a whole, how do you think someone could be there to support a grieving person? Now, like like we said earlier, 
we know everybody agrees differently, but ultimately, ultimately, like, how do you think friends or family can be there for people that are grieving that may not know how to say, look, I need space. Look, I need you to be here. Look, I want you here, but I don't want you here, but I want you here. Like, you know, how do you think people can help a grieving person? If that makes sense. Honestly, for me, and just speaking on experience, I would just say call, you know, so for me, like, I know I couldn't physically be there for you, but I feel like me just expressing my concerns and, hey, friend, just checking on you. So it all depends on the mindset of a person. Is so many different emotions when it comes to grief. You have the anger, you have the sorrow, you have the confusion, you have the, um, well, if I had more time, you know, it's just, it all depends on the person, if you ask me. So to answer your question, I would just say, learn your loved one's love language. Ask probing questions. See what they need in those moments because only they can tell you in those moments what exactly they need. So I'm going to Uno reverse back to you and ask you the same question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's your thoughts on that? Um, How I feel like someone could be there for a grieving person. I just feel like, I feel like you can send a message or you can, you can call them, you know, and say, hey, how are you feeling today? Do you need space or do you want me to be around? You know, and mm-hmm. as a grieving person, you're going to let them know, baby, uh, I need some space, you know, or I want you here. I just feel like checking up on your grieving friends, it means a lot to them, whether they show it or not, because you got to understand, like, you have to be intentionally checking up on them, you know, yeah. but not be overbearing with it either, because you yep. got to understand they're processing a lot of stuff. But me as a grieving person and you as a grieving person you know that we know like we do want somebody to hit our line like are you okay you good you need something to eat you know what i'm saying just simple stuff like that so i feel like just intentionally checking up on somebody and letting them know that you there no matter what it means a lot to a person that's grieving because we dealing with a lot yeah a lot you know Honestly, just get back to normal. Like, I just lost somebody and you want me to go back to work? You want me to pay bills? Bitch, what? Like, it's those emotions too and just getting back to normal. And then I think I, I suffer with um, people forgetting that person. Your story is very important because there's people out there that's lost a spouse. There's people out here that lost family members. But like I say, mm-hmm. your your light, and I believe Chris would be so proud of you, just how you handle the situation, mm-hmm. getting back to you, loving you, and just healing yourself is 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 phenomenal. And I'm proud of you. You inspire me. Handling grief is how we handle our emotions. Is how we handle our mindset. You know. Yeah. And unfortunately, how life goes, this won't be the first death to a close person that we're close to uh that we will encounter so i think it's very important on how you kind of articulate your feelings in the grieving process yeah definitely and you know i want to say also a lot of people they they deal with grief a lot heavy a lot heavier Mm -hmm. sorry because it's the flesh that's gone but anybody that's listening to this podcast i just want everybody to know even though the flesh is gone, the soul still lives on. So mm-hmm. that means you're more aligned with me and I'm more aligned with you more than we could ever be in the flesh, you know? So even though you miss that flesh part of somebody, that soul is never going to go nowhere. You know, that At soul all. is always going to be there, you know? And because that you're in a whole nother dimension, we can now connect on a whole nother level. And yes. I just want everybody to know, like, don't be sad about it. You know, don't don't be upset about it. Don't be angry about it. You know, of course, when you get through your grief and you get through all those stages of grief, okay, that's fine. But when you finally get to that point to where you can accept it, 
just know that that person is always around you and you guys are more connected. But if you are not spiritually connected and doing it in the work, you might not be able to connect to that person as much as you want to. But that don't mean that you can't connect to that person at all. So, okay, my last question to you, Scar, on this topic, Mm -hmm. what will be your advice to anyone out there, whether it's their spouse, family member, parent, what would be your advice to them to keep going, to keep pushing forward? Always remember the good times. Never take those times for granted. Always appreciate life for the present. Don't worry too much about the future. Do your best that you can do with the knowledge that you have. And don't forget that even though you're going through hell, why would you stop there? Keep pushing because it gets better. It may, You may not can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I promise you, that shit gets better. And when you're going through the grieving process, you're going to realize so much about yourself. You're going to realize how capable you are of doing stuff. You're going to realize how much you doubted yourself when you were, you know, relying on your person or this loved one or whatever the case may be. Keep pushing, keep going. Know that you can do it. Know that no matter what happens, your mind it's the biggest blessing in this whole process because if you do not have your mind together, it will deteriorate you from the inside out. And I also want to say that when people I hate or I despise, when people say, oh, I'm sorry for your loss, you know, I feel like that's such a cliche response. I was just going to say yes. <laughs> but I want, it's cliche as hell, but I want people to know when, when you're dealing with a grieving person, don't ever say, I'm sorry for your loss. What you need to say instead is congratulations for experiencing someone so beautiful. Congratulations for being able to experience a love so beautiful, so amazing. Congratulations for knowing this person as long as you did, you know? And oh, that's I what I want that. people to know. That's what I oh. want people to say. Bitch, you better talk your shit, bitch. <laughs> yes. Bitch, I don't yeah. got a plug. Come on. Y'all been killing this shit lately. I don't even have no final words. That's beautiful. That's the realest shit yeah. you can say. I yeah, love that. But, but Giselle, I want to ask you, what is your intake on? My hipsters, how are we feeling about today's show? Just wanted to take the time to say thank you for listening to the Vibing with Giselle podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Vibing with Giselle podcast. We appreciate your support. If you want to donate to the cause on the Cash App at Sign Bohemian Hipsters 2021, links will be in the bio. That's all for now, hipsters. Enjoy yourselves. <laughs> So my question to you, Giselle, is how would you encourage other people that have lost a loved one to keep pushing? Like, what would your advice be? My advice would be is to reflect on the memories with the individual because those memories is going to keep them alive and also is going to help you make peace with their flesh or their physical not being around. Because when you reflect on the memories and you reflect on the good times that you have with that person, that's what makes you happy. That's what keeps you happy. Sometimes we cling on to the flesh because, you know, it's the it's a more it's much more convenient, you know what I'm saying? But right. I would say tap into self 
And even if you're not a spiritual person, just tap into self. If you have a task that you haven't completed, let that be motivation to complete that task. Especially if that person was your biggest motivator, biggest cheerleader, just turn that pain into art. And yes, it is easier said than done. But overall, like that's the knowledge that I've learned in the grieving process is taking those memories, taking those life lessons, that wisdom, and turning that shit into art. And that's a legacy, you know what I'm saying? The legacy lives on. That person's spirit lives on automatically, but turn that shit into some kind of art. Definitely. And I also want to add to that, like, people that are grieving feel like they have to give themselves a time frame. You know, don't give yourself a time frame. Feel every fucking emotion that you can fucking feel. Whether yeah. you wake up one day and you don't want to be fucking productive, so fucking what? Don't do it. Whether you wake up one day and you're sad and you want to cry, that's fine. You know, allow yourself to go through those emotions because if you don't, in the long run, those emotions are going to come back to hunt you. Yes. You know, so I want to leave that with the grieving people because a lot of us feel like we need a time frame. Like, oh, it's been five months. We got to keep it pushing. No, if five months later come and you still want to cry and you still, you know, want to smell his scent, do that shit. Yeah. You know, don't put no time frame on it. I keep getting choked up. The words that you're saying are so powerful. If you're rushed to grieve that person, you're not going to properly grieve them. You know what I'm saying? So therefore you have to process all those different emotions and come to terms with all those different emotions to understand all those different emotions. Once you understand right. those emotions, you'll know how to process those emotions. So I definitely agree with you 100% on that. Oh my God, bitch. I just got fucking chilled. <laughs> you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> that that is so fucking real because yeah. we're rushed we're rushed yes yes honestly i don't have any last words because bitch like you that last statement you said bitch that's still i'm still stuck on that like yes that is yes yes yeah i mean and at the end of the day just just grow through the shit gracefully that's it gracefully. That's, that's really all i gotta yes. say grief gracefully Yes. And you'll be a better person in the end, I promise. Yes. I love yeah. that. And I thank you for that knowledge and that wisdom you just gave the hipsters because someone needs that. I needed that. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. it's crazy how you can um inspire people. And I want to tell the hipsters that too. Like, no matter what situation you're in, you can inspire people in different ways. Don't ever think yeah. that your voice does not matter. Don't ever think that your opinion doesn't matter. But just hearing different wisdom, it helps you cope with something different and also helps mm -hmm. you acknowledge. Because when you're speaking those words, I get choked up because like I was I was hearing those words. You know how you can feel something, but you don't know how to process those words or say those uh, those feelings because you suppress those feelings. And that's why right. when you said that, right, like, it resonated with me. Like You have to finish grieving, finish the grieving process, finish the understanding, finish the uh, acknowledgement part of it. So yes. Right, right. All right, Scar, so this episode has come to an end. I just want to take the time to say thank you for sharing your experience and also just coming on here and gracing the hipsters with your knowledge. I really appreciate it, and I appreciate you very, very much. Look, thank you so much, Giselle, for having me. You know, like, I know that this was uh, definitely, it, it was in, it was meant to be. You know, yeah. I know we got a, a lot of things off of our chest. I know you got a chance to get some things off of your chest as well as mine. And I really appreciate, you know, you having me on, on your show. I definitely appreciate it. And to all the hipsters, 
yo, fuck what they talking about. You're going to be all right. Make it do what it do and just got there ride the wave. That's all I got to say, baby. It's Scarlett and I'm calling in from goddamn Texas. Baby, what's up? Ow. <laughs> we in a VA. Yeah. We <laughs> guess. anybody that's listening from all over the world, you know, fuck it. You got it. Don't even, don't doubt your stuff. You got it. But yeah, with the hipsters, I'm fucking with y'all. I love y'all. And thank you so much, Giselle, for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. But we love you too. And thank you so much for gracing your presence and your wisdom. It's very much loved. We love you too, girl. Thank you, boo. Thank you.